Welcome to Lou Marks The Spot, brought to you by yours truly, Lou Marks, bringing sanity and common sense back to America. Today, let's talk about the COVID-19 vaccines versus the COVID-19 therapeutics. The Trump administration managed this coronavirus pandemic as well as, or even better than anyone possible, or even anyone could have imagined. But in democratic states like New York, New Jersey, and others, where the governors have demonstrated incredible ineptitude, it has been a disaster. The economic collapse that followed was not President Trump's fault, either during this time. To say so is typical leftist rhetoric, just like saying that Trump is against blacks, women, immigrants, the poor, and children. All the leftist Democrats and liberals did was lie and fault President Trump while being guilty of the exact same things themselves. Democrats say Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are not socialist leftists. More lies. Biden and his son's dealings in Ukraine were criminal, but not according to her. And she believes mail-in voting is a good thing. It would be a disaster if allowed. Nancy Pelosi should be removed from office. Since 2016, all the Democrats have done is lie, obstruct, and mislead the public about President Trump and how to, of course, no surprise, also about COVID-19. Democrats just need to stop being COVID-19 hypocrites and liars. Dr. Robert Redfield, director of the Centers for Disease Control, warned that this winter could be among the most difficult of public health history of this nation. The case for hunkering down in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic is stronger than ever. It's a lie. We know that now. Meanwhile, the Democratic mayor of Austin, Texas, apologized for taking a vacation to Mexico. More hypocrisy. And of course, we all remember Nancy Pelosi's hypocrisy with her haircut. And Lori Lightfoot's, the mayor's haircuts as well. All standard Democrat hypocrisy. Democrat Mayor Steve Adler hosted 20 people in early November for his daughter's wedding and a reception at a trendy hotel. The day after, Adler and seven others traveled to Cabo San Lucas in Mexico for a week-long vacation and a family timeshare. All this happened after Austin's city government recommended against indoor gatherings larger than 10 people during his vacation. Adler even released a video urging city residents to stay home if you can in advance of Thanksgiving holiday. Canceled Thanksgiving, but he traveled to another country. The international travel he acknowledged on Wednesday was a bad example. But he didn't care. He did it anyway. But Adler isn't the only Democratic official to set a bad example lately. The list goes on. It includes Denver Mayor Michael Hancock, who apologized for traveling to Mississippi for Thanksgiving, for telling others not to travel. It seems the Democrats just lie. It's, they do. They say one thing, they do the other. Then they apologize and think it's okay. Apologies don't make it better. They don't change the fact. And the Associated Press reported that San Francisco Mayor London Breed and San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo had dined out and traveled for Thanksgiving, respectively, while telling their constituents to stay home and have no Thanksgiving. It's incredible hypocrisy. Two weeks earlier, California Governor Gavin Newsom, who hopefully will be taken out of office soon, apologized for downing out in the Napa Valley restaurant. Conservative publications 
by keeping lists of Democratic politicians who have violated their own restrictions. Even in the best light, many of these officials violated the spirit of the rules and recommendations they have imposed as law to coronavirus, if not to make it more dangerous for the rest of us. Democrats have a real do-as-I-say-and-not-as-I-do problem on their hands, one that can endanger public health and does. Democrats, though, have vowed to abide by a stricter standard to take the virus more seriously. But they haven't, and they won't. President-elect Joe Biden, for example, repeatedly vowed during his campaign to follow the science. That's what all the Democrats said, follow the science, in fashioning his new administration response to the coronavirus. But across the country, Democratic officials generally have struck a stronger tone in favor of social distancing, masks, and other measures to prevent the illness from spreading. All of that possible work has come undone because of Democratic hypocrisy. Americans have every right to expect their leaders to abide by the same restrictions imposed on everyone else, us, the people. After all, leaders who fall short of that standard signal that there are two sets of rules, permissive for the privilege, strict for the rest of us. There can only be one set of rules, Kaylee McGee White wrote this week at the Washington Examiner, a conservative publication. And if our leaders cannot find it in themselves to abide by them, they shouldn't be considered the leaders at all. Most of the Democrats should be taken out of office immediately. Hypocrisy by men and women in high places is galling enough on its own. But the real risk is that double standards will melt into no standards at all. If my city's mayor decides to sidestep the rules or even good sense by having an indoor restaurant meal or taking an out-of-town trip to see family, why shouldn't I do the same? Because I have better common sense and care more about the people. Some officials have had the good sense to be embarrassed by their own behavior. I want to say that my decision was unwise and hypocritical, a mistake that I want to deeply apologize for, Denver's Hancock said in the statement. But he didn't mean it. My job as a mayor is not only help come up with safe practice for the entire city, it's also to set an example, and I measure I failed. Failed miserably. After one year of careful living, it is so human to want to be just done with it all. Until then, Democratic officials must do more than order others to live restricted lives. They must lead by example. They never do. It's good for me, for me but not for thee. Too many of them are falling short or not doing anything at all. With all this hypocrisy, lies, and mis misinformation, it's no wonder people have no idea of the truth about COVID-19, the vaccines, and the readily available, which have been for a long time, COVID-19 therapeutics or medicines. As of January 28, 2021, the New York Times coronavirus vaccine tracker listed 66 vaccines in human trials, and at least 90 preclinical vaccines were under investigation in animals. A number huge of antiviral medications and immunotherapies are also under investigation for COVID-19. Let's take the vaccine, vaccines first. The two major ones readily available in the United States now and their efficacy are, and this is based on clinical trial data provided to the FDA. We'll start with the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine is 95%, they say, effective in preventing COVID-19. And the Moderna vaccine is 94.1% effective. 
for the Astra Zeneca vaccine, an average of about 70% FSCE. In a pooled analysis from the UK and Brazil was reported recently. For the Sputnik V vaccine, it was around 85%. That's from Russia. Currently, several more COVID-19 vaccines are in clinical trials. The FDA will review the results of these trials before approving COVID-19 vaccines for use. And because there is an urgent need for COVID-19 vaccines and the FDA's vaccine approval process can take months to years, the FDA will be first be giving emergency use authorization to COVID-19 vaccines as they are based on less data than is normally required. The data must show that the vaccines are safe and effective before the FDA can give emergency use authorization, which supposedly they had. Vaccines with FDA emergency use authorization include, as I mentioned, the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, which has an efficacy rate of 95%, which is good. This means that about 95% of people who get the vaccine are protected from an infection with the COVID-19 virus. This vaccine is for people aged 16 and older. It requires two injections given approximately 21 days apart. The second dose can be given up to six weeks after the first dose if needed, but it must be done and it cannot be mixed with the Moderna vaccine. They have no idea what will happen if it's not given within two to three weeks. The Moderna COVID-19 vaccine, this vaccine has an efficacy rate of 94.1%. This vaccine is for people age 18 or older. It also requires two injections given 28 days apart or less. A second dose can be given up to six weeks after the first dose is needed. The problem is what President Biden is doing, Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, is wants to give out all the doses. He doesn't realize that 100,000 doses is only 50,000 doses because you need two. So he's gambling with people's lives and thousands of doses, hundreds of thousands and trillions of dollars possibly. The COVID-19 vaccine doesn't contain the virus though, so it can't give you COVID-19. That's a good point. It will be important for everyone to keep using all available methods to help reduce the spread of COVID-19. These include covering your mouth and nose with a mask, washing your hands often, and staying at least six feet away from others, even after you have the vaccine. Like most vaccines, the ones for COVID-19 can produce side effects. Some people who've received the vaccine have already reported fevers, fatigue, muscle aches, and soreness around injection sites. These side effects are normal, they say, and a sign that the body is building immunity. Some deaths have been reported, but no one knows it was caused by the vaccine. But all vaccines have side effects. So what are the benefits of getting a COVID-19 vaccine? A COVID-19 vaccine just might prevent you from getting COVID-19 or becoming seriously ill or dying due to COVID-19, prevent you from spreading the COVID-19 virus to others, add to the number of people in the community who are protected from getting COVID-19, making it harder for disease to spread and contributing to herd immunity. This is very important. Prevent the COVID-19 virus from spreading and replicating, which allows it to mutate and possibly become more resistant to vaccines. And what are the possible side effects again of a COVID-19 vaccine? Let's get more detail. COVID-19 can cause mild side effects after the first second dose, or they can cause serious side, more serious side effects. 
These would include pain, redness or swelling where the shot was given, fever, fatigue, headache, muscle pain, chills, joint pain, nausea and vomiting, feeling unwell, swollen lymph nodes. Yes, most vaccines, even the flu vaccine has side effects or can even give you the flu. So this is not so terrible. What are the long-term side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines? This is a good question. Because the Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna COVID-19 vaccine clinical trials only started in the summer of 2020, it's not yet clear if these vaccines will have long-term side effects. They've had enough time to study. However, the vaccines rarely cause long-term side effects, they say. If you're concerned, in the U.S., safety data on COVID-19 19 vaccines will be reported to a national program called the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. This data is available to the public. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, has also created VSAFE, a smartphone-based tool that allows users to report COVID-19 vaccine side effects. Can you get a COVID-19 vaccine if you have an underlying medical condition? Yes. If you have an underlying medical condition, you can get a COVID-19 vaccine as long as you haven't had an allergic reaction to a COVID-19 vaccine or any of its ingredients. But there is limited information about the safety of the COVID-19 vaccines in people who have weakened immune systems or autoimmune conditions. Okay, that's enough about vaccines for now. Let's talk about therapeutics and drugs. The world now is currently going through an unprecedented medical emergency with no effective remedy for the SARS-CoV-2 virus causing COVID-19. The two drugs used for other indications in the past, hydroxychloroquine and remdesivir, are sought to be repurposed to treat COVID-19. Both these drugs have received emergency use authorization by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA which means they're good. In this review, we critically analyzed the identification and subsequent events concerning these two drugs as potential treatment options for COVID-19 and concluded by raising some issues that require serious thought from the global scientific community concerned with using these two drugs against COVID-19 and for us, the people. Currently, there are several therapeutic agents that have always been available for treating the current COVID-19 infection. As COVID-19 rates continue to surge across the world, doctors are repurposing these medicines and therapies to treat COVID-19 patients. The most common and perhaps most popular ones still remain to be hydroxychloroquine and remdesivir. However, the confusion and the rather problematic authorization of these drugs in COVID-19 treatment plans from the Democrats against Trump, President Trump for political reasons have made them super controversial. While we long for a cure, there isn't enough large-scale evidence for supports the usage of these two drugs. The World Health Organization's withdrawal of the two drugs, from which was political, and the global solidarity trials also makes matters worse. But many countries, over 50 to 75 countries, including India, as well as many more continue to use both. Hydroxychloroquine, an anti-inflammatory drug used safely for about 75 years to treat malaria and autoimmune problems such as rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, and chronic inflammation, totally safe with almost no side effects or none, 
was one of the first drugs to emerge as a front-runner in the fight against the novel coronavirus. It's used in India and 50 or more to 75 more countries. It's one of the leading exporters of the drug in India. Such was the demand for the drug that it created a deficiency of stock for people who really needed it. Initial studies proved, proved that hydroxychloroquine was able to bind itself to the powerful ACE2 receptors in the body and reduce the viral multiplication. It was also associated and proven with lowering death risk. The United States President Donald Trump admitted to having hydroxychloroquine as a preventative coronavirus medicine, and it worked. But, but it raised quite a few many eyebrows when the Democrats made fun of it. While the drug seems to be effective in treating COVID-19 successfully, it's said to not work for critically ill patients. You have to get it fast. Clinical trials. One of the first European studies on the COVID-19 treatment was conducted in Marseille, France. And the professor and his team adopted an early drug treatment with hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin in COVID-19 patients with confirmed pneumonia. And the same team of researchers had previously shown that the combination of these two drugs, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, was affected against the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which is COVID-19, both in vitro and in vivo. More than 3,700 COVID-19 patients were treated in Marseille with a protocol that included early diagnosis, early isolation, and early treatment. With 200 milligrams of oral hydroxychloroquine three times daily for 10 days and 500 milligrams of oral azithromycin on day one followed by 250 milligrams daily for the next four days respectively for at least three days, the results of this treatment were described in a final overall respected study and consisted of reduced risk of death, transfer of the ICU or hospitalization to home, and a shorter viral shedding period and with modest to no side effects. It's tremendous. Even though the Democrats don't want us to know about it. Despite recent criticism and the World Health Organization's opinion on the use of remdesivir, it remains to be one of the most popular used medicines right now and is part of many country standards treatments therapy. Again, over 50 countries. While science may not support it, in America, studies did show that remdesivir falls into the antiviral medicine category. The structure of the medicine closely resembles our body's own nucleoside, which helps host and sync genetic material and plays a big role in the biological makeup. The drug, which is primarily produced by Gilead Sciences, is classified as a type of direct-acting antiviral, which bugged the virus life cycle and stopped it from spreading. American-Japanese studies also touted that remdesivir used to shorten the time taken to recovery. Sounds good. It is good. Drugs to use during SARS COV and MERS COV epidemics such as remdesivir, hydroxychloroquine, have been found effective against COVID-19, in which President Trump and even stopped his COVID-19 infection. Remember? That's what he took, remdesivir. That's what they gave him. He had the finest doctors in the world, and he was given remdesivir. But the Democrats don't want us to have it. 
many other antiviral drugs, broad-spectrum antibiotics and interference have also exhibited intermediate results against COVID-19. So there's plenty of therapeutics out there that we could take as a first-line defense, even preventative. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the antiviral drug, Rindesivir, for use in adult and pediatric patients 12 years of age and older and weighing at least 40 kilograms, about 88 pounds, for the treatment of COVID-19 requiring hospitalization. Rindesivir should only be administered in a hospital or in a healthcare setting capable of providing accurate care comparable to inpatient hospital care. Rindesivir is the first therapeutic treatment for COVID-19 to receive FDA approval. However, hydroxychloroquine can be taken at home safely with azithromycin and zinc. Under the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, approval of the new drug product requires substantial evidence of effectiveness and a demonstration of safety for the drug's intended use or uses. In considering approval of a drug, the FDA conducts a benefit-risk assessment based on rigorous scientific standards to ensure that the product's benefits outweigh the risk for the attendant population. This is different from the standard used in the issuance of an EUA. So that means remdesivir has to be excellent. The approval of remdesivir was supported by the agency's analysis of data from three randomized controlled clinical studies that included patients hospitalized with mild to severe COVID-19. Both hydroxychloroquine and desivir are now approved and currently used in over 75 countries to treat COVID-19. Why not in America? Let's use it. We take medicines for every other disease, preventive therapeutics would could prevent COVID-19. Despite the increasing trend of COVID-19 infection, no drug has been significantly validated by conducting large-scale clinical studies that can effectively reduce the COV-2 viral load. Remdesivir, which effectively inhibits RNA-dependent RNA polymerase activity, evades viral proofreading and prevents viral replication both in vitro and in SARS-CoV mouse model has shown promising results against COVID-19 infection. This test after test shows hydroxychloroquine and desivir work. In a clinical trial conducted to analyze the efficacy of remdesivir, a loading dose of 200 milligrams on day one, followed by 100 milligrams once daily for the next nine days, was administered intravenously to hospitalized COVID-19 infected adult patients having lower respiratory tract infection. That's serious. The results have suggested that patients receiving that remdesivir recovered around three days earlier as compared to the placebo group, resulting in an early discharge from the hospital. Fantastic. Why don't we have more of this? Democrats. In the midst of a COVID-19 pandemic that has already taken the lives of more than 283,000 Americans, Talks of a COVID-19 vaccine dominate the pandemic news cycle all the time. Just omitting the therapeutics, particularly with new announcements of multiple vaccine candidates with promising clinical trial success, there's a growing sense of hope. But as we face rising case counts and a likely second wave, possible, 
I don't think so. Most people don't. It's important to remember that there are therapeutic drugs, unlike the vaccines, which can and do help COVID patients now. Hydroxychloroquine, remdesivir, among others. They do help, they do work, and they can stop the COVID-19 virus if you get on them early enough. The COVID vaccine-centric mindset is not without its benefits. The rush to expedite a COVID-19 vaccine has brought about unprecedented support from public and private industries alike. The federal government has pledged billions of dollars in pharmaceutical development aid, along with provisional holds on current regulatory measures to fast-track more prospective vaccines. Private and publicly owned entities have come together in a massive demonstration of the scientific process to quickly evaluate multiple vaccine candidates. But therapeutics, which address the symptoms of COVID, immediate results, can help people suffering today and now. What happens to those affected by COVID-19 between now and ever they can get to a vaccine or get the second dose of the vaccine? There are other considerations also. What about people who cannot take a vaccine, people who refuse vaccination, who won't take a vaccine, and others? What about people for whom the vaccine is ineffective? That happens soon. As physicians who work in intensive care units and researchers who study COVID-19, they are not highlighting these gaps in order to diminish the process of vaccination approval. Indeed, vaccinations have been remarkable how rapidly the development has progressed so far. However, they want to underscore that the development and distribution of a truly effective 100% vaccine, if we're closer to, more, if we're closer to it, will take time during which people will continue to become affected, become hospital, and pass away as a result of COVID-19. This is the time for hydroxychloroquine and desivir and the other therapeutics. The American people must understand that the current surge in vaccine development has not fixed COVID-19. Case numbers and daily death counts are again reaching record highs and we still do not have total, perfect treatment. There remains much we do not know about COVID-19. For the sake of our loved ones, already affected, and many thousands more that will likely be infected in the coming weeks, this lack of awareness cannot continue. Hydroxychloroquine is used by more than 50 to 75 countries and remdesivir. And remdesivir was used to treat the President Trump the president of the greatest country in the world. Must be good for something. I personally would use the therapeutics, and I do have an adequate supply on hand, but I still believe both options are needed. However, the choice is yours. But you do have a choice.